My body is so incredibly sore right now. Oh my gosh, man. What what an incredible two weeks on the road it has been. Um, This episode, I, I really just kind of wanted to recap all of the finer points and things that have happened as I've been kind of going through Utah by foot, uh, by car, uh, and and so many other things. But, you know, as usual, I'd I'd like to start off with sharing a quote from His Majesty Emperor Ayla Selassie, the emperor of Ethiopia at the turn of the 19th century, a man who has done some incredible things for Africa, for the community of Rastafari. Um, But this quote really reminded me of how powerful this past weekend at FitCon here in Utah has been. And and here's what he said. You know, he said, we must be bigger than what we have been, more courageous, greater in spirit, and larger in outlook. We must become members of a new race, overcoming petty prejudice, owing our ultimate allegiance not to nations, but to our fellow men within the human community. And what I love about this quote is is two things, really. Number one is that, you know, I think that when we look at the human condition right now across the the country, if not the world, there's so much going on that is causing us to be at odds with one another, whether it's politics or viruses or disagreements on on even simple and silly things from time to time like colors or skin tones or sports teams. You know, if we're to become bigger than we've ever been or more united, we've got to be able to look past some of those petty indifferences uh, and those prejudices because, you know, I, I think that from what I've learned through Rastafari and like through my own experience in life is that, you know, that there is no, there is no black race. There is no white race. There is no Asian race. You know, to me, there's only one race, you know, and and that's the human race. And I think that for the most part, everybody here can agree with that. You know, I think we all have different ethnicities. We all come from different places, but to say that there are more than one race of people in the world, I think is, uh, you know, just something that uh, we've we've got to start looking past. And why it reminds me of FitCon over the weekend, this this event where we bring fitness influencers, celebrities, and fans and people together, is because in order to become bigger, like His Majesty had said early on, then we we've got to be able to come together. We've got to be able to to come together and find different ways to share new ideas and and you know further the the spread of health and wellness and togetherness and you know that's what I love so much about this event that we just threw over the weekend. So this quote just felt really timely with me. So to give you a uh, <laughs> a, a bit of a recap, you know, I kind of wanted to take this this time to kind of just deload my brain over these past two weeks because we've just been going so hard myself and Gabriella and the Flag Norfeo crew Rob and Dana but also the FitCon crew which also includes you know the muscle who's Keaton Hoskins and Dallin Rogers and all of these people who have been so integral in, in putting these events together but 
I'm sitting here in my hotel room. Today is Sunday, June 6th, and yesterday we wrapped up everything with FitCon, and it's it's pretty quiet here today. If I look out into the parking lot, you know, less than 24 hours ago, there wasn't a space to be found. I actually had to park in the separate a separate parking lot across the way, but today as I look out there, I count four cars, and it's just such an interesting feeling looking out and knowing how quiet it is now, and everybody has gone home, they've boarded the planes, they're back with their families. I drove by FitCon yesterday where, where we actually held the event, and you know the tents were taken down, and it was just exposed to the bare grass, and it just kind of made me think of how quickly um, these events go by, and, and really just to not take them for granted because I think that it can be easy to do that when you're going 100 miles an hour and you're meeting people all day, and sometimes that stuff can become a blur. And so, you know, I really want to take this opportunity to acknowledge some of the finer points of the experience over these past two weeks. And if you didn't get a chance, um, the whole point of this trip started um, with what happened eight days ago at this, at this, this race I had down in Bryce Canyon. You know, and if you hadn't had a chance to listen to my recap on the race, go check that episode out. I believe that's episode number 13, where I break it down mile for mile and just kind of explain how it all went. It was a, a pretty incredible experience. I'd, I'd never ran down in Utah before, but I knew that it was going to be hot. I knew that there was going to be a ton of elevation. And I knew it was going to be difficult, and it proved to be all of that and more. You know, as I was running through, like, some of what what are called hoodoos, which are these um, these rock-like structures and pillars through the desert there, I was just in awe. You know, I felt like I was on another planet. It really felt and looked and just seemed like it was kind of like Mars, you know, minus... Minus minus the, the little bit of water that was there, it really just felt like I was on Mars, and it was a really cool feeling. So if you haven't checked that episode out, um, give it a listen. But moving forward from Bryce Canyon, uh, we actually had a really cool experience, because after the race was over, um, we drove down south, Gabrielle and I, we drove down south, I would say probably another hour, hour and a half, to this place called Stay Yonder in in a place called Escalante, Utah. And the cool thing about Stay Yonder is it's this place in the middle of nowhere. And it's like this, uh, you know, it's kind of like a glamping kind of place. You know what I mean? What I mean by the glamping, right? So it's like, it's not necessarily camping. You're not necessarily roughing it. More or less, you're <laughs> you're able to enjoy nature, uh, but still be comfortable. And what we did is we rented an Airstream trailer, you know, like those retro aluminum Twinkie-looking trailers. And uh, we stayed in this beautiful little glamping resort in the middle of nowhere for a few days. And it was really cool, you know, because this place is set on, I would say, about 15 acres or so, and there's there's different parts to this place. There's the Airstream trailers where there's probably 20 different Airstreams that you could rent out. There's a place where they have these cool little eco-friendly single room uh, homes that have basically two walls on, on one side and then two glass walls on the other. And they're just like these really neat little eco spaces. 
But then they also have like this uh, this drive-in, which I was not expecting to see. It's like one of those like old-fashioned drive-ins where, you know, you, you you roll up in your car and there's that big screen. And the cool thing about the drive-in here was that there was probably 10 different cars that were all from like the 50s and 60s. And they were all like pretty much new, which was actually really neat. And they were just parked right in the sand. And so what you could do is you could you could basically just choose your own car. So whether it would be like a Chevy Bel Air or uh, a Chevy Impala, like there were all of these like really neat custom cars and they would play a movie every night at 8 a.m. or 8 p.m. And you would just walk up, you would pick a car, you would hop in it if you wanted snacks. There was like a, a cool little snack bar right behind it. And you could just get whatever you want, man. And and it was just really neat because I remember when I was a kid, uh, one of my favorite things to do on Friday nights was to go to the drive-in with some of my friends. And, you know, we would take our, our pickup trucks. And, you know, I'm sure you've done this too. But take your pickup truck in there, you flip it and back it into the spot lay out some blankets in the bed of the truck and you just watch the movie man and so it had this like really cool nostalgic feeling to it to to be out there with my friends in the desert and it was just a really cool experience and the whole reason that we went was because of one of our friends that we were having a surprise birthday for now for those that don't know um dana lynn bailey is uh an incredible friend, an incredible light, someone who uh, we all just love for a number of different reasons. But in our circle of friends, we wanted to celebrate her in a way that, you know, she hadn't experienced before. And, and what do you get a person who pretty much has like everything, you know, what do you do? How do you how do you surprise somebody like that? You know, so what we did is we probably had, I would say, probably eight or nine friends and we surprised her out in the middle of this desert it was me gabriella matt vincent bonnie schroeder brooke entz uh gina gosh who else was there barton geo kwan like there were just so many different people that came out to surprise dana and the way that this all worked out was really cool actually because rob and dana flew out in Rob's plane to Escalante, unbeknownst to her, we f- like pretty much stormed the runway in, in the airport, in this little private airport in this small town. And as they were standing outside of the plane, man, we just rolled up deep, like <laughs> like 10 deep, honking horns, playing music, swerving and got her attention. And, you know, she started crying and we started crying. And it was just like such a... Such a cool and fun way to to celebrate a friend. And so for the next three days, man, we, we just hung out in the desert while I recovered from the race. We stayed up till like, gosh, 12, 1 a.m. every single night, sat around the bonfire, talked, laughed, shared stories, played silly games like <laughs> like Brooke Ince's game which is called What's Behind My Back and we would just take like these random things that we would find uh around the campsite and we would like play charades in a way to like try to guess what she was holding behind her back and for whatever reason you know that game was oddly entertaining and really fun and if I'm being honest with you I don't I'm, I'm not really like a big fan of games like that um so it was kind of fun to actually just like 
find a way to to laugh and have fun through through something like that. So we just had such a fun time. While we were out there as well, we tried to do something active every day. You know, um, we didn't really have access to a gym, but we had access to Mother Nature, you know, and she always has something special up her sleeve. And so we got on the internets and tried to figure out where we could go, someplace that would be memorable and scenic. And we ended up finding this place called Zebra Canyon. And what's really cool about this, if, you, if you've never been and you're in the area of Escalante or down in southern Utah, I really would recommend checking out Zebra Canyon because this is a place where they have these things called slot canyons. And if you're unfamiliar with slot canyons, they're basically like a, a canyon where you have two big rock faces, one on either side of you, but then the width of the canyon is sometimes like a foot or two wide and so it can be super super narrow and these slot canyons like kind of just go on forever it seems and the walls on either side of you are like these purple and white colors that are like all blended together really beautifully and you know it's it's so much cooler in these slot canyons than it is like in the desert itself and so you go from a temperature of like 80 85 degrees and then all of a sudden you step into these slot canyons and boom it's like it's like a wall of cold immediately hits you and it's like 55 60 degrees like it did get kind of chilly in there for a second it was really neat but what makes these so fun is that, you know, you kind of feel like you're on an adventure in a ways because you've, you've got to kind of like move your body and articulate your arms and legs in a way that like allows you to move through the canyons efficiently. And the cool thing too is like the, the canyon walls on either side have like this gritty sandstone-like texture to them. So it's really easy to use the butts of your palms and your feet to kind of like climb your way through the canyons. Um, but man, I just felt like a little kid getting back in there, you know? I mean, when I was younger, that was one of the things that I loved to do was was just go on adventures, you know? I was I was one of those kids that was like ADHD and, you know, had high amounts of energy all the time and so getting into these slot canyons with my friends and just adventuring was you know, just again, like the driving, man, just made me feel like a kid again. It was just so much fun. And just getting out and and being there um was just a really special place. So if you're ever in the area, man, Zebra Canyon was a really, really cool experience. But another thing that was was pretty neat is on a separate day, we ended up going up to uh, this reservoir that's in the middle of the desert as well. So I can't remember the name of it, but it was right by Stay Yonder. You know, we took the RV, we took we took a couple cars, and we just, like, went out and sat at this reservoir for the day and, you know, laughed and played games and just relaxed, ate good food, and it was just nice to be able to be out in the sun, you know. And, and that's something that I for, kind of forgot about because in Montana, man, you know, we get, like, nine months of winter, you know, nine months of clouds and, and gray skies, and so sometimes – you forget about the sun and it just felt so good to be out in it. So for those next three or four days, we just had a good time in the desert. We celebrated Dana. We, we played games. We went on hikes and slot canyons and, you know, just lived that glamping lifestyle. You know, it was, it was definitely not the type of, uh, camping that I'm used to. We'll put it that way. You know, I feel like, I feel like my style of camping is like, 
tarp on the ground or, you know, just lay out a lay out a, a sleeping bag and just sleep under the stars. But, you know, this was cool, too. You know, I, I can do both. I can do both. And I actually appreciate doing both. You know, if I think about now, you know, this just popped into my head, but I really enjoy when I can be a super minimalist and just do things like really rugged. But then I also kind of like blending in some of that like higher end luxury style uh, accommodations too, you know. It's cool to be able to have both. It's that duality, you know what I mean? So it was a good, good time. I, I highly recommend checking out Stay Yonder in Escalante. They've got a pretty cool Instagram page as well. I can't think of what it is at the moment. Maybe just try Stay Yonder. But, you know, after that... Um, we got back in the car, Gabriella and I, and then we, we started making our way up to FitCon. And, and by this time, it's Thursday. Uh, so that would be like, what, like four days ago, something like that, because we had FitCon Friday afternoon. So we got back on the road, drove another six hours back up towards Salt Lake City, and uh, it was a beautiful trip, man. You know, driving through the desert and seeing a lot of cool sights and then getting into those like higher alpine elevations where you're actually getting you know like a lot of ponderosa pines and and wildlife like elk and deer and bear very similar to montana so it was just cool like all of a sudden like seeing it go from dry hot arid desert to pine trees and wildflowers and deer and elk and it was just really neat to see that shift in climate and atmosphere it was really neat and then once we got to Salt Lake City, man, I, I knew it was going to be on because any time that I do these fitness in events, whether it's FitCon or uh, the LA Fit Expo or whatever it is, they always are 100 miles an hour all day, every single day. But the reason that I love them so much is because, you know, kind of like I talked about in that quote earlier, um, it's about coming together. It's about becoming bigger than we already are. And in order to do that, in order to spread those new ideas, in order to, you know, to, to improve communication between people is we, we've got to find ways to come together, you know, and I, I feel like for the longest time in my fitness uh, career, I guess, or my athletic pursuits, it was always difficult to find other like-minded people. And then as things start to change and these fitness expos become more popular, uh, you finally realize that like there are so many other people who think like me, who do the same things that I like. And when you have an opportunity to be a part of something like that, I mean, it, it's almost silly for you not to go and do it. And so that's why I just love these events so much, especially, especially FitCon. You know, for those that don't know, I've been a part of FitCon for over a year now. And in that time, we've thrown three different events in different places. Uh, my first one we did was in Salt Lake City last year. We did another one in Dallas, Texas, just a few weeks ago. And then we're back in Salt Lake again with plans to do more from St. Louis to Florida to, you know, all kinds of places in between that I can't really speak too much on right now. But, you know, just know that uh, that there's more in the works. And what I love about FitCon, what makes it so much different than anything else, is that, number one, it's outdoors. You know, and I think that that's something that uh, 
that we've just been kind of missing out on, you know, over the past even year, you know, since everything that kind of broke with COVID and how things have been so weird lately there. Being able to just be outside in the sunshine, in the grass, around other people, like there, there's so many different things that we, in a way, kind of took for granted that FitCon brings back into the picture and kind of restores a bit of normalcy almost, you know, because you're out there in the sun and you're smiling and you're, you're hot because it's just beating down on you. But the other part of it too is that, you know, this is the first fitness event that I've been to that has included live music. And this was something that was kind of, you know, in a way revolutionary. It it seems so simple, but, but revolutionary because nowhere in the past have there been live concerts at fitness expos. And so we had Tommy Vex come out, you know, and Tommy Vex absolutely rips. He came down to Dallas, Texas with us, put on an amazing show, and did the same thing at FitCon on our first night, which was Friday night. So live music, being outdoors, really has like this music festival vibe. And here's the other thing, man. Everybody that's there, whether it's the vendors or the fans or the, the influencers that we bring in, everybody is cool. And that's what I just love so much. There's no ego. There's no judgment. There's no prejudice. There's none of that, man. It's just good people coming together. And any time that I can be a part of something like that, I'm in it, man. So shout out to FitCon for always putting on such a great event and for allowing me to be a part of it, you know, because uh, it's important to me that, that I get out there and connect with people as well, because I definitely, definitely need that from time to time, you know, because living in Montana, you know, I, I live up in the mountains, like 30 minutes outside of town. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you don't get a lot of one-on-one or, or human interaction, especially if you just like stay out the mountains, like I tend to do sometimes. So FitCon was a cool experience. You know, it was over two days. And day one um, pretty much started at like, I don't know, I'd say like 5.30 p.m. Friday night. We started off with an influencer workout. So it was all of the athletes that came down to the event. Man, I think we had probably like 20 or 30 different influencers that showed up from Flex Lewis to Jason Poston to, you know, Rob and Dana Lynn Bailey to Chef Rush to... Uh, oh man, we had so many different people. Brooke Ince was there. Man, we had a, a lot of cool people. Kai Green, who else was there? Gosh, man, we just had so many big names. Dennis Wolf. Dennis Wolf was there. Shout out to Dennis Wolf. So we just had a really good workout, man. And all of us were down there and slinging some weight around. I even got in there. You know, I, runners got a little bit of strength too. They got to show off every now and then. So. I got in there with Kai Green and uh, <laughs> and started doing some barbell shoulder presses and doing some stuff like that. Man, I had to I had to do a little bit, you know. I can't I can't just be just a runner, you know. I'm actually in this like bit of a, a science experiment myself, where you know personally I'm I'm working on building this really lean muscular physique but still being able to run a hundred miles, you know, think like, uh, think like Jason Statham, but like endurance athlete, Jason Statham, you know, I'm, I'm working on that right now. So that's all I'm going to say, but it's in the works. So we'll see what happens. I don't know if you can do both, but I'm going to try. 
So yeah, so you know, we did this influencer workout. It's probably spanned the course of about an hour, hour and a half, and uh, interacted with fans the whole time, which was so cool, man. If if you were there and and if we got to spend a few minutes together, I just want you to know that I just appreciate you so much for for coming up and sharing your stories because really, like that, those are the things that always light me up the most those are the things that make me smile so big man is when you're like you know I, I bought a program from you and you know beforehand I was struggling with my mobility or I was struggling with just feeling confident running in the mountains or whatever it may be and then just hearing what you've accomplished since then it's just so cool to hear those stories and and to to hear what you've done and you know I just love that kind of stuff so thank you for being a part of that on Friday night and, and coming out and seeing us. But at the end of that, you know, after that workout was over, we uh, we went down to Tommy Vex. And like I mentioned, man, he just absolutely crushed it. You know, what I love about Tommy is his energy. And it's it's apparent from the first song all the way until the very last. And he's just a madman. He's an absolute psychopath when it comes to, to singing and performing and is just so such a refreshing thing to just be in front of live music, you know, because I feel like it's just been so long and I don't even really like rock music. If I'm being completely honest between us, you and me right here. Uh, but like Tommy's actually really good, really good. I was impressed. So shout out to Tommy Vex for really putting on an awesome concert. Uh, we also had, uh, uh, the the lead singer from As I Lay Dying that came out there to hang out with us for a little bit. His name is Tim. I can't think of his last name right now. Um, I know there's been a little bit of controversy with him in the past, but him and I actually had a really good conversation and just seems like uh, that everything that had kind of happened with him is is humbled him up quite a bit. And now he's on a different path looking to better his life and in a, in a big way um, start over, you know, so... Shout out to Tim for that. And then after that first night, you know, we probably finished off things that I would say like 10 p.m. is when that final song got over with. And I was just feeling so hyped from everything that had happened, from the energy at the at the venue, from Tommy Vex to the fans to just seeing all of my friends again and, and meeting new friends as well, you know. I didn't go to bed till really late that night, which is super common. It's super common because everything is just so fast paced and uh, there's just so much to take in all the time. But, you know, woke up the next morning and, you know, one thing that I've learned when, when doing these events is that because they're so fast paced, because there's always so much going on, you got to take care of yourself first, man. You got to take care of your body first. And so I started my day off at about 7 a.m., 7.30 or so, and went straight to the gym because I knew that if I didn't go to the gym first thing in the morning, that my day was going to be uh, carnage for the rest of the day, and I was not going to have the opportunity to train later. So that's something that has always really helped me when I'm on the road is that if I know I got a busy day, I got to get up earlier. I got to master my morning. I got to get into the gym and do my thing first. Because if I'm not taking care of me first, then how am I supposed to take care of everybody else, you know? And that's something that's always helped me when I'm on the road and doing these types of events. So went to this cool little private gym. It was uh, it was me, Rob, Dana, Brooke Ince, Tommy Vex, and uh, oh, we had a couple other people that were there too. But 
we just did like some high intensity workouts. You know, I think that when it comes to, to creating energy in the body, one of the things that I found that has really helped is not necessarily just pushing and pulling heavy weight, but actually training at a high level from a cardiovascular standpoint, from an output standpoint. Now, if you want to if you want to build high levels of endurance and stamina and energy, you got to train that way and you got to keep your heart rate up for longer periods of time. And so what we did was for about 90 minutes is we did high, high paced, fast stuff. I mean, we were doing a ton of box jumps, a ton of sled pushes, a ton of sprints, a ton of barbell work, pull-ups, deadlifts, power cleans, all movements that require a high level of output so that by the time the day came around, you know, we, our metabolisms were primed. Our, our systems were, were ready to, to, to be able to handle the tasks of the day. And, um, and that was just a really good workout. So we started that off. And then from there, we went straight to the venue because for those that don't know, um, what I do for FitCon or one of the things I do for FitCon is I host all the panels. And this is like probably my favorite part of the entire event, you know, these speaker panels, because it, it gives the influencers a chance to hear the stories from fans and other people that were there to really like understand where they're coming from and then help to answer any questions that they may have. And so really, these are like really humble bonfire type of discussions where people can be seen and heard, you know, because I think a lot of times, especially through social media, messages in the DMs kind of just go unchecked. They don't really get looked at because there's just so many of them. And what I love about FitCon is we try to make this like such a, a, a down-to-earth experience for people so that they can really connect with each other. And these speaker panels allow us to do that. So my first panel was at 11 a.m. And so we went right from the gym, showered up real quick, and then headed over to the venue. I had five panels, by the way, back to back to back to back to back. And and the first panel of the day was one that I always look forward to, which is the the strong women panel. And this is a panel that really highlights and acknowledges not only strong women, but women who are doing big things in the business space, in the coaching space, uh, but also just have talents and skill sets that they're using to the fullest. And on that panel this time, we had Dana Lynn Bailey, we had Bonnie Schroeder, and we had Brooke Entz. And for an hour, we just talked about different things that, you know, women can, uh, women can over, blah, 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 mess that up. We talked about things that like women can, uh, experience throughout their life, whether it's, you know, I think that the three big things that came up in the conversation was criticism, especially for, for, you know, women who are looking to build more size and strength. I think that they can receive a lot of criticism for that. And so Dana had some really good insight and in terms of how to, uh, how to kind of deal with the criticism that comes up. And I remember one of the things that she said specifically, like really stuck out to me. She was saying, she's like, you know what? I've, I've had criticism all my life from everything that I've tried to do, whether it be from friends or family or from the, the IFBB as she was, you know, going pro and kind of making her mark in bodybuilding. But what was really cool about Dana's story that I love is that she didn't give in to all of the people criticizing her. She didn't do the things that they were saying that she should do in order to get 
marked up a little bit higher when she stepped out on stage. She didn't give in to that. And as a result of that, they created an entirely new class just for girls that looked like her. Now, how powerful is that? Think about this for a second. How many times in your life have you had a friend or a family member, all, by the way, who seem to have your best interests at heart, tell you what you should do? And how easy is it for us to sometimes just do that thing? Because we love them or we trust them or we think that they have our best interests. But what if instead of just giving in and changing just to fit into somebody else's box, what if you just stayed on your own path? And as a result of that, you basically break the mold for an entirely new direction. And that's exactly what she did. And, and I just find that so inspiring because, you know, how many times does that come up for us on a day-to-day basis anyway? So what I took from that is to just stay consistent, stay in your lane, keep doing the work, disregard criticism, and, and really just keep pushing forward because at some point, the rules and society is going to bend around you, whether you bending, instead of you bending around it. And that I thought was really neat. So that was our first panel, the strong women. And then after that, you know, we went to the best of bodybuilding panel. And best of bodybuilding is so unique to me because this is an area of fitness where, uh, you know, I don't have a ton of experience, if I'm being completely honest. I know what it is. I know what it entails, but I don't really follow a lot of the sport. And so this was actually like a big learning experience for me too. And on that panel, we had a few different big name influencers there and and bodybuilders. Kai Green was there. Seven-time consecutive Mr. Olympia Flex Lewis was there. Jason Poston was there. And for those that don't know, Jason Poston, he's the first and only type 1 diabetes competitor at the Olympia. But we also had Dennis Wolf, you know, and if you don't know who Dennis Wolf is, I didn't. And I did some some research on him and realized that he has had a, an illustrious career in bodybuilding over the past decade or two <clears throat> before getting, you know, into a, an accident which really impacted his bodybuilding career when he had like some cervical vertebrae issues in his neck and really caused him to... Uh, to, to have to drop out of the sport, unfortunately. So that was really cool to kind of meet him and hear him and listen to his story as well. He comes from Germany and, you know, just a really, really solid guy. And so that was a really neat panel. And I think that one of the, the big things that came out of that panel for me anyways, was that as you're, as you're training and you're doing something that, you know, really your body isn't meant to do, which is to grow and hold that much muscle and that much size and strength, you know, you're, you're going to come up against obstacles that you may not have experienced before. And if you really want it bad enough, if you really want to be the Mr. Olympia, if you really want to be somebody who's done, uh, done it at a high level, it's going to require sacrifice like anything. But I think that what stood out to me most is that, uh, I guess, what they were saying is that bodybuilding is really a selfish sport. And I guess I didn't think about that before, but that's, it's so true, you know, because your entire day is revolved around 
eating and training and, you know, creating a routine. And a lot of times you miss out on a lot of things. You miss out on family functions and birthdays and, you know, a lot of this stuff. And, and I guess, I guess kind of like the naive side of me just didn't realize that, which gave me even more respect for the people who do this. So if you're listening to this right now, and that's something that you're working towards, I mean, my hat's off to you, man, because that does require an intense level of sacrifice for sure. Now, after the the best of bodybuilding panel, we actually took a break um, because uh, I didn't know this until last minute, but we we filmed an episode of the Diesel Brothers show, you know, like that show on television. They had a truck reveal or a car reveal at FitCon, which was really cool. I didn't even know this was happening. So they, they interrupted our panel right at the end, and they're like, hey, we need to break for an hour. And all of a sudden, like, cameramen just started coming out of nowhere. Like, there's probably, like, 10 different cameramen all over the place. And they had a, a, a reveal of one of the trucks that they had created and that they were, I believe, going to be auctioning off at some point. But it was really neat, you know, so we got to be a part of that as well. Uh, I don't know when that episode comes out, but I, I know that um, I think I'm actually going to be on it, to be honest. I've never seen an episode of this show before. It sounds silly to say that because my friends do it, but I've never seen it. So I think i got to do a little background research and see what it's all about. But it looked really cool. So that was kind of fun being a part of that. But after we came back from filming the episode of Diesel Brothers, um, we came back to our next panel. And this panel is fun for me. I really enjoy doing this one. This is our strength panel. They also call this our, well, officially they call this strong as fuck. And on this one, it's all about the men and women who have taken the, the strength sport to a new level, who have just done some incredible things. And on this panel, I had a few really cool people. Uh, number one I remember was Big J. And Big J is a guy out of Dallas, Texas. He's a retired U.S. Army. Uh, strong, strong, strong dude. He's been in the game forever. You know, I, I believe was Ronnie Coleman's training partner for 12 years and Branch Warren's training partner for 10 years. You know, the guy's been in the game a long, long time. We also had uh, Real World Tactical, you know, who's uh, a guy who's uh, ex-Marine ex-retired SWAT. He's even got like a video game character on Call of Duty, which I just found out. I think that's wild to know. But uh, yeah, fun fact, he's got a character on Call of Duty. But we also had uh, Matt Vincent, who is such a good guy, man. Matt Vincent's a two-times Highland Games world champion. He's got the Umso podcast, which I was a part of a couple months ago in Salt Lake, or not in Salt Lake, but in, uh, in St. Louis. Um, but he also owns Hate Brand Goods, and all of these guys have have just done a, a really cool job of uh, of doing stuff in their sport. But we also had Kristen Nunn, and for those that don't know, Kristen Nunn is such a sweetheart. She's a coach, she's a trainer, um, but she also just looks freaky and is so sweet and so strong. And we just talked about you know, training protocol and nutrition and, and the mindset that it takes to train at a really high level. And one of the things that kept coming up in the questions there was regarding training. 
and like how can you you know really like how can you break through plateaus i keep i kept hearing that question and one of the things that i guess i didn't realize when it comes to building strength specifically strength is that your accessory lifts will make or break you. And this is something that they were talking about on stage. If you're stuck at a plateau in terms of your strength gains, it's not continuing to hammer the compound movements, the heavy moves that are going to break through that plateau, but it's actually the accessory movements. It's the smaller things that you can do alongside the big movements that can essentially like move you forward and, and break you out of that plateau. So let's say, for example, if you're if your deadlift is stuck at 295, or for example, and you can't get to 300 or whatever, and you just felt stuck, you know, perhaps maybe working in some core work or some, some isolated hamstring work, or even like some low back stability work, those accessory movements can really do a good job of helping to, to break you through that plateau. And so that was a big takeaway for me. Now, after that one, um, we went to the, the business panel. Now, we titled this one, 100K Your Business. And in this one, we had, man, this was like a, a party panel, man. We had like seven different people on there from Rob Bailey to The Muscle to Sean from Lions Not Sheep to uh, Austin Ragno, Chase Hoskins. We had Dan Fleischman there, like so many different guys who have done some some really big things and created a lot in business. And we had a lot of questions relating to, you know, how to source products from other countries to, you know, how to like, um, how to optimize the current systems that you have. But one of the things that stuck out to me that, that Dan Fleischman had said is that it's really easy to get that shiny object syndrome. And, and I know this because, you know, as a kid with ADHD, uh, <laughs> it's, it's real, man. I, I really feel it. But what he said kind of struck me. He's like, you know what? I sometimes struggle with these things too. But what I know is that if I take my focus off of my primary thing and I go chase the shiny object, then that primary thing is going to start to fall off. It's going to start to fall short. It's not going to be making as much in revenue as as it was if it had my full focus. So if I start getting shiny object syndrome, what I do is I find a quarterback for that primary thing. And I didn't think about this before, but instead of like trying to split my focus between two things or more, what if I could put somebody in charge of the one thing while I go chase the second thing. That way, there's no drop in revenue, there's no drop in, in customers, there's no drop in impact with that. And that really got me thinking about how I could apply that to my own business and my own thing here, you know, with this podcast. Because as of right now, I'm the one that's doing the editing and the uploading and, and all of that. But what if I could just do the recording with what you're hearing now and then, you know, pass it off to somebody else while I go and do the next thing? So that was a big takeaway for me. Now, after that, um, we went to my favorite panel of the day, man. This panel, this panel has my heart. We just started doing this one uh, in Dallas a few weeks ago. This one's called Love Your Life. And what I love about this one is that it's all of like... It's all of like the happiest, humblest, cool people at the expo. It's all of them. 
It's the Steve Weatherfords. It's the Diesel Daves. It's the Rob Danas, Robin Danas. It's the Julian Smiths. Like it's the Matt Vincents. It's it's the people that have found a way to balance happiness, health, work, relationships, and they all do it in their own fun and unique way. And it's just so cool because like this is that one conversation where really anything goes, man. Like I feel like it's just a bunch of people just talking around a campfire and just, you know, sharing ideas and like how they've kind of like found their way and, and blended their business into their lifestyle. And so I think the, the the big thing here that I took away was when it comes to joy, when it comes to happiness, like initially there's always that sacrifice up front. There's always that that realization that if I want to get to a place where I'm free, and, and that can be different for everybody, if I want to get to a place where I've got complete control over my life and I have happiness at the level that I want it to be at, then I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to put in that work early on. And I might have to do that for a long time, but here's what I took from it on the other side of discomfort. And this was said on stage on the other side of discomfort is happiness on the other side of discomfort is happiness. And if you're willing to put in that time, and if you're willing to be uncomfortable, if you're willing to make those sacrifices for the life that you really want to have, then ultimately, I think that can be a reality for you. And if I think back on my own situation, one of the ways that I was able to kind of break through that discomfort barrier to get to, to the place that I'm at now is by writing a letter, man. And, and I know this may sound silly to you, but simply writing a letter, Dear Daniel, Dear Ryan, dear, insert your name, and then just getting clear on where you want to be, who you want to be spending your time with, um, you know, where do you want to live, how do you want to spend your day, like all of these different questions. I did that in 2016. I said I wanted to have a, a ranch in the mountains. I wanted to have a big log archway. I wanted to be able to have enough property that I could go run around my place if I wanted to. I wanted to have a gym at my house that wasn't just a bedroom in my house, but a separate building. Like I wrote all of this stuff down. I want to be in a great relationship. And by writing all of this stuff down, I've slowly started to take action on these things. And it has revolutionized my entire life. So I think that there's a lot of value to, you know, just getting clear on what's important to you by writing a letter. Because remember, on the other side of discomfort is happiness. And everybody on that panel just seemed to to have it dialed in, man. I remember when I finished up that panel, <laughs> my, my, my cheek muscles, my smiley muscles, they were just already so sore to begin with. But like they were just like almost locked into place because I felt like I was just smiling that entire time. It was just such a good experience. So that was the end of the last panel. And then after that, we finished out a party, like a little after party for just the influencers over at Sean Whalen's place uh, here in Salt Lake City up until about, I don't know, like 1, 1 a.m. last night. And then I was back up this morning and uh, went over to a friend's house and recorded a podcast with him, had breakfast with my lady and now here I am with you looking out the window on downtown Salt Lake City and just feeling grateful for it all, feeling grateful for the experience, feeling grateful for the time that I was able to spend with my friends and to spend with Gabriella. 
just grateful to be alive, man, because I said it before, but there are so many people who went to bed last night expecting to wake up this morning and unfortunately didn't. And here I am, here we are, sitting in the sun or wherever it is that you're at, uh, listening to one another and, you know, sharing ideas and, you know, getting another chance at life and and getting another chance to to improve our situation. And as I kind of wrap up the weekend here before I head back to Montana tomorrow, I'm just reminded of the gift that today is. I'm reminded of the fact that I get another opportunity today to get better, to remind people in my life about why I love them, to chase my dreams and continue to look back on those letters that I've written and, you know, find ways to get closer to the life that I'm trying to create. I get another shot. And the thing is, is that we don't always get another shot. We might not get another shot tomorrow. So as I kind of, you know, close this off, I I, want to encourage you with two things. Number one is that you continue to seek clarity as to what's most important to you right now. Whether that's in, in, in your marriage or whether that's in your personal life or in your health, continuing to seek clarity is one of those things that all successful people, all high performers do on a regular basis because it allows them to continually refocus on what's most important right now. It's easier to make decisions when you have clarity around what's most important because it acts as a a bit of a navigational beacon, you know, it makes the decision making process easier as you go. But the other thing I want to encourage you with is kind of like what we started with, you know, with that quote from Emperor Selassie is to continue to, to think bigger and in order to think bigger, in order to do better, you know, we've got to, we've got to come together and set aside our our petty prejudices and, you know, in a way come together as a community and, and find ways to, to further spread the ideas of health and happiness and, you know, togetherness and, and the things that, uh, that we all ultimately want to share. So again, thank you for being here with me. Um, I really love doing these podcasts. I really love being here with you and, and sharing a little bit of my life and my experiences. And I hope these were valuable for you. I hope that you're getting a lot out of these. If there's something specific that you'd like me to share more about or or touch on specifically, if there's something out there that maybe you're struggling with right now that I could be um in a way helpful with, send me a message, you know? And if if you like this one, maybe send it to a friend or tag me in it, you know, even leave a review for me on uh, on Apple or Spotify or wherever it is that you listen to these so that I know that uh you know that they're helpful. But again, as always, thank you for being here with me. Thank you for spending some time out of your day with me. And uh, we'll see you next week. Rastafari.